Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 397. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me, and and we welcome back to the show after a lengthy hiatus, Hot Tea himself, Oscar Willis from the Mac Life. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Formally nominated from the Mac Life. Oh, it stings just a little bit. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, just the intro felt empty without it, oh, but as does my career. <laughs> the World MMA Awards gave you the... Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. That just means you get to have more cocktails this time. Yes. Yeah. They but enjoyed the fact I had so many last time, I think. <laughs> that's that's why I recall. you're not nominated. <laughs> yeah, like, Sir, by the way, since yeah. you're not nominated, you do not get the open yeah. bar. So if you want to attend, you're going to have to pay for those drinks. Yes, I think that was a... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Hilarious. All right, well, listen, we got a lot to talk about. But first, I do have to mention, I know you don't want to spend a whole show talking uh, about yeah. you, but we got to bring it up right off the top. Look, man, we're like two and a half weeks away from your uh, amateur MMA debut, right? Yeah, 17 days, I think it is. Not that anybody's counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I fucking count the minutes, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's getting close. Um, I can't wait for it to be over. Not necessarily because I'm, like, scared necessarily, but uh, it's just been, like, since May, the middle of May to now, it's, like, a long time. Right. And uh, while I appreciate you need to be committed to these things, it can be, like, frustrating, like, oh, you know, you guys have been doing this podcast and you guys have had a few beers and it's like, I, I can't do that because I don't right. want to be around and then I'll get fucked up and stuff. So, you know, ready to have a bit of freedom back in my life. But it's been uh, an eye-opening and cool experience, I'll say. I bet, man. Obviously, the Train Alta program, you guys have been doing that at least six months now, yeah, man. Yeah. I guess kind of a little quirk in the scheduling because that wasn't the original intention. Yeah. But you guys have been having it for a while. And I don't know, it has been, you know. So behind the scenes, we've been having these inside jokes all along yeah. the way, right? Of like, well, us fighters, <laughs> and you know how we feel in these moments and things like that, jokingly. Yeah. But I will say, watching from afar, it really does seem like you're experiencing all those things that the fighters do in terms of your body breaking down yeah. in lengthy training, in terms of just the mental uh, grind that yeah. it is on you. Rescheduling, yeah. yeah, it's it's. I'm always very cautious of treating it too seriously because I think there's um, some people could sort of have an amateur fight and act like they've just won a world title right. and I want to be very cautious of sounding like that or even you know I, <laughs> I've mentioned to a couple of UFC guys like hey I'm having a, an amateur fight they couldn't be less impressed <laughs> like, they, they, you know like I, okay I, 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 I said, and what's the rest of the story yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like I, I said to Volkanovski he's like how's things with you I was like yeah yeah I've got, got my first fight in a couple of weeks he's like cool yeah no I just got here on Monday like just completely <laughs> no no soul yeah just completely so I, I, with that in mind I don't want to treat an amateur fight like it's a big deal but this particular experience like I have been injured a few times they did reschedule it and that did mentally like kind of piss me off and, and make me you know, like five extra weeks was not particularly exciting. And uh, I have got a full sort of ringer of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then plus that, I've had the difference of training alongside the guy I'm going to fight, which That's has weird been too, a right? weird little quirk as well. And yeah, it's it's been a cool experience. I think if I did it again, I'd do different stuff. Like I probably wouldn't start off as aggressively. I'd probably take my time. But if I win, it'll have been worth it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, <laughs> so it won't be worth it if, if, you, if you don't win? Uh, I will swear to my dying day that it was, but inside, no. <laughs> it's such a waste of my time. Well, so anybody that wants to know, uh, November 19th at the Circa in Las Vegas, uh, it'll be held as part of a Tough Enough uh, charity event. 
And, uh, that's why I'm doing it, John. You know? for, the, for, for the kids. kids. For, the kids. For, the kids for the kids, man. <laughs> so if anybody's in town and wants to go, uh, definitely come check it out at the circuit. I'm excited because we haven't – the venue, we, we held an event there before, but it was still under construction. Obviously, the, the circuit is real new, so yeah. I'm kind of excited to see the ballroom. But proud to announce, too, that it is official. I will be yeah, on, yeah. The car, uh, on the call. On the call. On the car. I will not be on the card. <laughs> I will be on the call. I'm not making that announcement yeah, yeah. today. Uh, but uh, I'm excited about that and a little bit um, – a little bit, a little bit nervous as well. Well, it's great because your voice carries so much. So if you say something like <laughs> Oscar could throw the left hook, I could be like, oh, cool, like it'll be like an, an extra corner, corner man. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah, I, I had, I had the experience before a little bit as well because Richard Hunter did the same thing. Yeah. You know, he he went through the program when it was still known as Winter Warrior, yeah. and he had the fight. And uh, it's tough, man. It it's a weird thing about this sport, man, because you know we you. You watch people week in and week out just get the hell beat out of yeah. them or whatever. Like when it's somebody that you, you oh, have yeah. a real connection to, like the nerve level just goes completely through yeah. the roof. You I, know, I was one of my biggest concerns about the fight is that, is getting nervous, being really scared, having an adrenaline dump like that. But then they say like, oh, you get no more nervous about people you care right. about fighting, right? And you know, as we know, you you form like bonds with people. Yeah. Even watching Anderson. Like I was, you know, nearly having a heart attack the whole time just because I love the guy. And uh, so I feel like I even I say to you all the time, I get nervous asking questions at press conferences. So as I dig deep into it, I'm like, well, I experience nerves more often than this fuck experience nerves. So I should be able to manage it better. <laughs> He's 20. What's he got to be nervous about? So, yeah, facing the young buck, right? Yes, he is. He is a young buck. He, uh, yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> There's those nerves you were there talking about. The, uh, Someone was like, what if Connor was going to watch? I was like, if Connor's going to watch, I'd offer him a grand to take a dive so I could yeah. definitely win. But <laughs> yeah. We're trying to find out if it's going to be televised, so we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll let okay. everybody know because – in, in what Tough Enough normally does since they've gotten on UFC Fight Pass, it used to be all amateur and we would do streaming deals and stuff like that, but um, now it's pro-am and, and the pro fights are on UFC Fight Pass, but yeah. uh, UFC Fight Pass doesn't broadcast amateur fights. Um, so the amateur television deal was always on BN Sports, um, but this one being a charity event, it's a little bit different than normal. Yeah. So what, if we if we find out it's on television, we'll be sure and, and yeah, share and it. I'll, if, if, if not, I'll have like someone filming it. Almost certainly. And Do all like a live stream or something like that? I think I'm going to get Jose to come and film like the night of for me. Oh, yeah? Maybe uh, like a little documentary yeah, or something. Yeah, like, again, this, I mean, again, not treating it too seriously, but like at least the fight day and stuff. It's a cool memory, right? Yeah. And um, Hopefully. I've got, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I don't, I, I or could, there'll be no memory at all. Yeah, I, or, the, or the film's going to get buried well, and, and never say, seen. I can, I can promise you if I lose, no, we'll see you hide a hair of it. But if I win, then there will be footage, yeah. I'll, ha- I'll put the uh, I'll put the fight on the Mac life if they let me. I guess he's gonna yeah. win. You're wow. gonna win. We're, we're we're putting that out there. We'll pull Thanks, it for man. you. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, you touched on it, man. Anderson Silva versus Jake Paul. I did want to kind of wrap that up. Obviously, you were out there for all the uh, the chaos and the madness. We know that those boxing events are always a little yeah. bit crazy, and of oh, course, yeah. you bring Jake Paul in the mix, and it gets even a little bit crazier. So it seemed like your typical chaotic week, um, and and the aftermath since. You know, we're hearing that the numbers weren't as good as they had hoped they do. And I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised. I want to get your guys' take on this because, you know, not that I feel like Jake Paul is some massive, you know, should do a million buys or whatever. But yeah. I was actually really intrigued by this one. And not and I'm not because I'm in that camp of cheering against Jake Paul. I know he, he, he mentioned that at one point. It's like, oh, the yeah. MMA people want me to lose. It's not that. Like, I was just interested because I wanted to see where Anderson Silva was at 47. And to be honest, you know, I picked him going in. I thought Anderson Silva was going to do uh, be able to, to edge out a decision. I didn't think he'd be able to KO Jake Paul, but I thought he'd be able to outbox him over the course of eight rounds. Um, I forget. Who did Kenny say was going to win? 
Who did Kenny say was going to win? I think Kenny said Jake Paul, and that's yeah. why you're the picks leader <laughs> over, over at MMA Junkie uh, with a commanding lead over a there. Commanding lead. You know, some before, because I want to, uh, and maybe you're going to bring it up. I saw that one video. Uh, you seem like you and Jake Paul are besties doing your little walk-off interviews. Did you make a bet that you're going to get a tattoo now <laughs> because of Jake Paul's win? <laughs> I was like sitting here thinking, I was like, I bet neither of these guys saw I that saw video. That. So I was like, <laughs> I saw that video. I just wanted to bring it up before we forgot about yeah, it and talk I, about I, real shit. I don't know if you saw it, Joe. I said to Jake Paul, like, um, do you, how are you going to beat Anderson? He said, I'm going to knock him out. I said, I bet you if you don't be, it knock him out, you have to get a tattoo of an Oscar statue. Okay. And I'll get, I lost a bet to Jake Paul tattooed on me. And then some would say he pussied out immediately and said, oh, how about if I just, just win? Just do a win. And then I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do that. Oh, and you folded there? Yeah, yeah I just did it. Yeah, yeah, I did. And then, so yeah, I, I'm supposedly. Are you going to actually follow through? I it? think I'm going to get it in Chinese writing. So no one can tell what it says. <laughs> That's smart play. You yeah. never said or it. Or add it into something else. Like, you know, say you. Want to get a character and he's sitting on the toilet reading a paper on the paper throat. I re- I lost to Jake Paul or that. something. Put it into something else. Yeah. You know, find some way yeah. to, to do it or That's something. Not a bad you idea. don't have it's to be the guy idea. on the I, toilet. I, I was just figuring. Alternately, <laughs> I was like, he has to be there so I can at least film it and get some sort of content out of it. But that would that be something. Would be a good idea for you. Yeah. Get, some, get some views. But just like at the time, I was like, this will be funny. And then I sort of thought, you know, I I can't imagine some of my employers. Loving the idea of me getting Jake yeah. for, or my father. For that well, plus, remember Jake didn't after he had Tyron the whole bit about doing the tattoo, and then afterwards he's like, "I can't believe you got another man's name tattooed yeah. on you." I was like, "Could would he do some shit like that?" I will say when he won the fight and it was a post-fight press conference, I hit record and fucking ran to the back <laughs> of the room just in case he saw me. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally like, "That's awesome." Yeah, I was like, "Just just because he seems strikes me as the kind of guy who would sort of remember memeable moments." Right. I guess. So I was just I didn't want him to see me and be like. Yeah. He's going to remember it. Yeah, I'm sure. Did you watch the post-fight presser? Did I did not watch the post-fight presser. I did not either. Because I'd already gotten through the whole – for me, for my, my day, was the whole UFC fight night post-fight and then exactly. came home. And yeah, so yeah, by yeah. The, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, I was a little bit deflated uh, when the fight was over. Man, I, I, yeah. I, I, it, This was a weird – this is honestly the, fir- like, the first Jake Paul fight that I've really felt a connection to. Like yeah. with, 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 with Askren, it was like, okay, we all see what you're doing here, okay? Yeah. It, I didn't, obviously, I didn't expect to see Askren get knocked out like instantly, but yeah. I didn't feel really good about his chances. Yeah. With, with, <laughs> I, you know, I would say with Woodley, I was a little more connected because now you're talking about former champ, but we all knew that Woodley had kind of slowed down on throwing volume and that sort of things. And and, and, and I was like, well, how's that going to work in a boxing match? But this one, I was like, Anderson, dude. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest of all time. I mean, you know, we were talking about today, like there's – I know there's probably MMA fans that joined the sport well after yeah, Anderson yeah. had his prime, but that prime Anderson was like – Otherworldly stuff, man. Yeah. And, and so I, I was, I was pulling. I wanted to see him do good. I mean, here, there were glimpses. I, I felt there, there were, were glimpses, especially. Nice. I mean, it was just uh, like his head movement. Like some of the stuff, I was like, man, look at Jake. He's throwing these big haymakers, and he was missing. Yeah. And yep. missing just ever so slight. And I was like, fuck yeah, good job, Anderson. I was like, great head movement, great head movement. The only part I really started getting worried in the fight. I mean, I, I could definitely see. I was like, okay, Anderson's not throwing. He's not hitting him. He's just evading him. I was like, maybe he's trying to let Jake burn himself out a little bit, throwing these big punches. But he just, like, there was this point where he just, it didn't feel like he was throwing. And I was like, it just it just felt like Anderson, when he started showboating, when he did that part when he was dropping down and oh, it was yeah. like he was starting to yeah. do the, like, 
Ollie moves and stuff, and I was like, oh, no. I just started having, like, Chris Weidman flashbacks yeah, in my head. That, yeah. And I was like, this kid's power. You don't do that. Yeah. I was like, you don't do that because all it takes is that one of you just thinking, like, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm flowing. I'm in a flow. <laughs> well, and then he's done. <laughs> the way I predicted the fight was I thought that someone just pointed out to me, like, because at first I thought Jake was going to win because of the age and stuff. And then someone just pointed out, when have you seen Jake fight someone who can throw a combination? Right. And when you say it that plainly, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, you know? And then he had that video of him like three years ago just starting, and he's obviously terrible. And you think, well, you can't have improved that much in three years. And actually, he has. Yeah. But I thought the same as you. I thought Anderson was going to get comfy and then get do a Weidman and get caught. Uh, I just I just think, and as much as Jake's team like hate to address this, I think Dance is just too old. You know, you saw the flashes yeah. of brilliance. Like his head, I would say his head movement was still fast. His hands were not. And right. I think there's something to be said that MMA guys just don't seem to have the power in boxing gloves. You know, right. I th- I, I, there were times. I thought for the first half of the fight, at least, that Anderson was putting it on him. And I thought I Jake looked flustered. I thought Jake was like, oh, my God, someone's actually putting me in a right. fight. As I'm know? watching round two, I'm like, oh, I turned yeah. to my wife and I was like, Jake messed up. Yeah, Jake so, messed and, up. and then I, I think there was an element. I'm, I don't know if you could say this is tactics, if it was just sort of how he you know, instinctually went to it. But you could tell by the end of it that Anderson wanted to get him against the corner and throw these very tight inside uppercuts. Right. Those uppercuts and, were nasty, yeah, and especially he, stepping away from and him. And when he did that, Jake would clinch. And right. you could see Anderson getting visibly frustrated right. with the clinch. That's I, the think big, that, I think that negated Anderson's game plan. That was the big part right there. Like, that I think that confuses or, or, or upsets a lot of these MMA guys where, you know, there's something when you have to constantly throw these hands. You're constantly throwing your hands. You're not getting that chance to clinch. But like when he, like you said, when he would work him over the corner and then he start at a point where he's like okay he was in the perfect range for him yeah. if he start throwing these combinations he was immediately getting tied up and it was just like that's that's the part that drives me crazy about boxing sometimes that we don't get in MMA you have to fight yourself out of that position you know but in boxing when you finally get this guy cornered over and he's getting him in the, the range to start throwing combos he would just tie him up right and then it would just go another minute with no no punches getting thrown by Anderson and you're just like come on you got to throw like yeah. he was just picking away you know Jake would just get him and then just throw a jab throw another jab yeah. and then it was just in my head I'm like oh there's a point there's a point yeah. there's a point and I'm like where's the answer Anderson where's the answer back you know and then at the end of the rounds when you start to see like he was getting frustrated then as the 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 fight went on I felt like in their head they were sort of tallying up this score like okay we still got this many rounds yeah. left you could do damage you could do whatever I was like bro you're giving away rounds yeah. leading up to that point first you time know? I think I've seen Anderson bleed by the way like yeah. his nose was yeah. busted. I think that's yeah. the first time I've ever seen him bleed. So that, I to be, again, I, I and you're so invested in it, it's impossible to score. Really, I didn't even start thinking about scoring until like round six. But when he was bleeding, I was almost like, when, when the fuck when did that, that happen? happen? I was yeah. so yeah, focused yeah. on Anderson, what he was doing. Um, it's those those fights where you're invested are really tough to score because you're just sort of you, you're not watching the fight, you're watching the action. Yeah, if that makes sense. I'm so, watching. So you're, I mean, you're you're invested. I mean, is it just because only hardcore MMA fans were the ones that were invested that this thing didn't do good? I think for for me, like I can only just go on our numbers. But leading in f- through fight week, our content was down massively, and I was very very surprised. Wow. Interesting. I, I don't know how much of that we Jake Paul said today that it was the Anderson knockout story. I don't know how much of that is true because traditionally, from what I've seen in the UFC, any chaos is good chaos. Right. When there's chaos, people tune in. Right. You know, like the Hamzat, uh, Nate. Oh, the Kevin yeah. thing. All chaos is great, yeah. So that, I, I don't know if I necessarily buy that's the reason, but I, I do believe that we're one of those ones where we're too close. We didn't realize that Anderson, you know, yeah. if Jake Paul, I, I'll, again, in the in the crowd, 
like there were many, many, many children, and by like children, I mean ten years old and stuff. Like wow. the youngest crowd I've seen at a fight ever, even more than his Woodley fights. Like That's very crazy. young children. So um, walking around like in massive necklaces and stuff, it was trippy as fuck. But uh, they would have no idea who Anderson wouldn't have an greatness idea. Yeah, of Anderson. Have no, they may be aware of it, but they don't so have any that, connection to pro- it. Or even more, like they probably don't even know who Ronda is at this point. You right. Know? So that's two generations ago that Anderson yeah. is. So I think there's that. I think that. The the numbers cu- the numbers sort of curious me. Like uh, Jay Paul said, he thinks it's two hundred to three hundred. That confuses me because that basically is suggesting that two hundred three hundred thousand people chose to buy it, but chose not to watch the free to watch content beforehand. And that you, you usually you'd have more people watch Absolutely. free than pay. Yeah. And uh, I would also say that pay per view wise, his audience would strike me as likely streamers rather than purchasers. So. I don't know how what the numbers did. I just know that from my side, it didn't look like it treaded that well. And I didn't see much post-fight reaction on Twitter or much at all. No, you know? not really. So, next Jake Paul fight, are you... Because they didn't want to admit they, they streamed it illegally. Nobody wanted to say they watched <laughs> it. Everybody was, everybody was like, I can't believe you bought it. And then you had everybody who's like, well, I didn't pay for it. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the next time Jake Paul fights, is it an automatic yes for you to cover it? Or is it now you got to see who's... I'll, I'll probably have to see what's happening. See what's I happening. See, see, certainly see the opponent, certainly. <laughs> you got to get that tattoo sorted first. Or he's not going to be able to get credentialed. <laughs> I mean, like, if, he, if he boxes Tommy Fury in the UK, I probably won't fly to the UK yeah. for that. You know? Yeah. Um, not for Tommy Fury? I don't give a fuck yeah. about Tommy Fury. <laughs> yeah. No one does. Not yeah. even the UK. No, I'm joking. But, uh, yeah, certainly. Interesting. Nate Diaz, though. That's a, that's Nate a yes. Nate Diaz, yes. That's because it's Diaz. Look at this Nate Diaz. And, Nate's yeah. a D- and by, I guarantee, like, their fight week won't be dancing together. You know? Right. Like, Nate, dude, Nate slapped his meditation coach. <laughs> like, was that the guy that was in the video? I was wondering who that who the guy was. That's, I his, mean, that's his Jake's meditation, meditation coach. But it seemed like the most chill dude on his team. And Nate slapped. Like, so they got into a big argument. Oh, that's great. They got into a big argument with uh, Jake's security. A lot of N-words thrown around, by the way, from everybody. But uh, Nate? They, no, from the security. No, and they were saying Nate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, uh, but they, they were that. And then the the um, the meditation guy walked up to Nate and was like, calm down, namaste. He was like, calm down, calm down. Nate just slapped him and went, fuck you, bitch. It's <laughs> 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 the funniest shit. Well, that's what confused me because when I look at the video, I was like, who's this one guy that chose to go? And it's extra yeah. funny that it's the meditation it's guy. Like, <laughs> he thought he was trying to do some healing. Yeah. He's like, I want to put yeah. some Reiki on. Because I, I walked past uh, the ring the night before and he was in there with Jake and they were both like, you know, eyes closed and the like legs crossed sort of thing so I was like oh, I recognize the guy and then he fucking got Nate just God, that just makes me think what did Connor say to uh, or no who was it that said that playing touch button play part touch yeah. button <laughs> also Nate also nice. Nate he just doesn't have time for him <laughs> <laughs> that was a movement coach that yeah, was, the yeah, movement. was a movement coach yeah. 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 no but yeah so I enjoy so when you do stuff like that I will say this one thing that doesn't like this is all hypothetical one thing that will interest me you know when Dana pulled the presser with Hamzat Kevin and Nate like he, yeah. he cancelled that I don't know if Showtime would know enough about Nate and his team to think to do that. But from what I've seen of Jake Paul's team, they're gobby and loud. Right. And from what I've seen, we know of Nate's team. They're all about it. Yep. I don't know if Showtime would have the like the knowledge to be like we should cancel a press conference if it was looking that bad. Oh, that's a good, you know what? That's Be- a, that I is a fair point though. Because when I, the, when I saw the when I saw the video of, when I saw the video of Nate's team backstage throwing stuff like that, I was like, dude, they would happily do that on a stage. Dude, that's a yeah. fair, that's honestly a really fair point because we know from experience in covering boxing events, they're way more chaotic yeah. and less organized than the UFC are as far as like everything yeah. being regimented and security in, fact, in like, place. Fighters actually getting hands on other fighters, like it happens yeah. all the time and, like, in boxing. Uh, when 
Jake Paul first fought Woodley and um, someone insulted Woodley's mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was like a big kerfuffle. Yeah. And it was basically like a fluke that Tyron didn't come with lots of people. Yeah. Or he came with people that were ready to get loud but not necessarily physical. All the Nate's guys will get physical yeah. in a second. Oh, yeah. So and he never goes anywhere without 30 of them. Yeah, there were a lot. Of, there are a lot of guys there. <laughs> do you? I mean, you watch your share of boxing. So I mean, it, it, with Jake Paul, I mean, do you like? Because I do not feel that he is in any. You know, I, when he says, you know, he wants to fight Canelo, I'm like, I, I'm I think assuming that got that's the reaction a joke, it deserves. right? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> he was like Nate Canelo. So Nate. Then. So Nate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nate. yeah. I mean, but do you? As you said, he has not He's clearly improved. He yeah. is investing time. He is investing effort. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is the other thing that I, that I try to remind people as well. I guess is like. Nobody at his point in his career is facing anybody. You yeah. know what I mean? A boxer, yeah. you might be 15-0, 20-0 before you yeah. actually fight somebody. Yeah. But do you think Jake Pollock can actually be somebody? I, uh, in boxing, I think there's a way if the uh, organizations decide it, you can get a belt. Right. It would not – like the WBC have announced they will be ranking Jake Paul soon or the, after this fight. There's ways. You can structure your way to a, a boxing belt. And I think if Jake wanted to do that, he could probably orchestrate that. The only thing is, like, who who do, who are the cruiserweight champions in boxing right now? I haven't got a fucking clue. Exactly. So what's in it for him? Because this is the issue with Jake Paul and maybe one he's really having to face. Who's his audience? Is it the MMA audience that he's constantly provoking or is it the boxing audience? Well, he only ever fights MMA guys. He only ever talks about Dana and the MMA guys. So it's if he goes and fights, you know, Kovalev or someone like that in boxing who not not and the boxing media has to look at him as an imposter I think the boxing media still do that you know you don't get any of like the broadsheets right at his fights and stuff I I think he's sort of in this weird grey area where he's sort of half circus act half trying to legitimize himself I think the guy clearly has skills he reminds me a little bit of like the CM Punk experiment what can a guy with unlimited time and money achieve in such a very short period now obviously Punk was older, didn't have the athletic background maybe right. that Jake did. Jake clearly has, you know, improved a lot. Uh, I just don't know what's what's his end goal here. It's, to me, the whole experiment's clearly been like, let's get a fight with Conor McGregor at some point. I don't know if that'll happen necessarily, but it, it, now he's talking about becoming a real boxer. It's I, I don't know if Jake knows what's his end goal. You think they'll fall through on this fighter union thing? I mean, to like, I don't know how you, how you pull well, it's it, but it's sort of like to what end? You know, just because. Jake, and I'm not. Uh, by the way, I'm not like suggesting it's a bad idea and they shouldn't do it. Like I'm all for it. Oh, it's all for it. But it, let's say you get a, we get a press conference tomorrow with Jake Anderson and GSP announcing the formation of a, a United Fighters Association. So that creates headlines. Dana gets asked about it. Dana gets annoyed. But then, like, so what? Jake calls up Dana and was like, "Well, we've got this association now. You got to pay them more." Dana would just say, "Fuck off." I don't. I I've just seen it. I've seen so many iterations of it. Like I like them. I, I yeah. mean, they come up, but just then they just falter because yeah. they have no power and and nobody recognizes them. That's what I wonder yeah. is, is how committed is he to this cause? Is he just using he it is. as a touch button? No, I to, think you he know, is. yeah, you think I it's think, not th- just a promotional tactic? Well, I mean, even if it is a promotional tactic or a, a touch button, going through with it is even better in that case, right? It's you still- keep saying touch button or touch button. Hey. Touch button in the bar. You sound like you guys say touch button. <laughs> yeah, no, so, so like his last play. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I think it, he would like. He'd like to do it. I just don't. The, you know, we've spoken about this many, many times. The UFC are all powerful since the pandemic, even more so. Since the ESPN deal, even more so. Combine it all together, like if, we, if Jorge Masvidal can be sat on the sidelines for a year, Connor got pushed out for a year, John Jones got pushed out for a year. Like they don't need to listen to you, especially if you're not in the company. 
Yeah. That's what I think. Fair point. Well, we'll see what Jake Paul does next. It seems like all signs are pointing towards uh, potentially Nate Diaz. We'll find out if that happens. Meanwhile, we got UFC Fight Night 214. Rodriguez versus Lemos. The big talk now, guys. Yeah, oh, let's, let's put the silly <laughs> stuff aside and get to what it's really about. It's all about UFC Fight Night 214. No, it's a, listen, this is one of those ones where it's actually a, a really key fight in – in the main event, obviously it's a it's a rescheduled main event, so it's kind of a just kind of surprise announcement almost. <laughs> it was the main event, uh, but Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lamos, um, it's a big fight to me. To me, this is very much a, a potential number one contender fight, especially if Marina Rodriguez wins. I don't know how you continue to deny her. Yeah, you know she's been up there, uh, but in terms of marketability in terms of excitement level. Um, we're hampered by two things. Number one, the fact that neither speaks English, which understandable. As I always say, that doesn't. it's not a bad thing that you speak another language, but in terms of just marketing and getting those little headlines and getting those little you know, nuggets or whatever, it helps. It helps. Uh, and then we're, we're, we're hampered by the fact that uh, Amanda Lamos isn't here yet, yes. so she can't help promote the event. Um, I think maybe as we're sitting down to record this now after Media Day is done, I think she may be landing sometime very soon. But um, I'll be honest with you, man. I already kind of favored Marina Rodriguez in this fight anyway. But to know that Amanda Lemos is just now getting here from Brazil, <laughs> um, that has to play into it. Like, there's no way. That, I mean, that's I've made that trip. It's it's not a short one. It's not a short one. And to be making it on Wednesday, that can't be good. You, you've done that trip. What, like, what is the jet lag from here to Brazil? Like? I mean, it's not as bad as going like to Asian back, but it's just yeah. that it's just that 16 hours or whatever on a on a on a plane, it's a long time. And also, actually, I, you know, I believe that fighters get a bit wary about that because you retain a lot of water right. after flights. It's harder to cut weight. I remember when Darren fought Kelvin, that was like a big thing that they were worried about. But. Absolutely. I mean, we're going to – supposedly the UFC is going to interview tomorrow, so I guess we get to see how she looks and see how she's actually playing. But, yeah, I mean, it doesn't doesn't bode that, well. you got to I mean, watch that keenly, are you? That interview you're going to – Oh, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm just chomping at the bit waiting for that content. I can tell. You know, they're, they're, have you, sure how many gonna, times have you refreshed your email just this, for this <laughs> Just to see minutes. if it's already yeah. done yet? Yeah. Is it done yet? Is it done yet? No, it should be good. But like you said, I mean, it's definitely one of those fights. It Maybe it's not one that people are claiming to see, but it is a fight that is worthwhile for the division. You know, you're looking at – two competitors that are trying to stay at the top of the game, you know, and trying to keep their names up there. So in terms of it meaning something for the division, it's it's good. But that's for the diehards. That's for people like us that have to watch the kind of thing. You know, if you're trying to sell it to a, a casual or somebody that's off to the side, like, oh, why would I tune in this weekend? It's a pretty hard sell, that main event. It's a pretty hard sell. It's, I mean, I think it's going to be exciting. Maybe. Like, I think they both have, like, fan-friendly yeah. styles. but. You're right. I mean, helps if they speak English. <laughs> and I hate, I hate falling back on that, but it's just true. It's true. It just, it's what gets people to tune in, right? They're either gonna, they either want to hear some cool sound bit, you know, sound bite where they're talking shit, or they're gonna be like, are they, are they hot? Do they want to look at them, <laughs> or do they have good knockouts? And two of those things. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're ridiculous, dude. <laughs> oh, you're ridiculous. Look, to me, I think this is a number one contender fight for. I, I think for Marina Rodriguez. I don't think that if Amanda Lemos does pull off the upset here, I don't think that she's necessarily clamoring for it. Again, we didn't get to talk to Amanda Lemos, so we don't know uh, exactly where she stands. But I, I, I do love the fact that today Marina did say I'm going to be in New York next week because the timing lines up perfect. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's just timing helps too, right? Yeah, yeah. And the timing lines up perfect for for this to be rescheduled to be moved to a main event and for it to be moved to a main event one week before a title fight, 
I think that worked out great for her, and and and, uh, and I love the fact that she says, "I'm going to win this fight, and I'm going to go to New York, and I'll be cage side for that one." Yeah, and I think also that division sometimes get a bit t- in similar ways to like the lightweight and the welterweight division, where you have got such big names at the top of them, you can't ever really seem to get past them. Right. Joanna's and Joanna and Rose both seem to have sort of taken a step back. Joanna obviously retired, but Rose seems to have sort of taken a bit of a time off as well. So if you're going to pierce through that sort of glass ceiling, yes, we'll, we'll say because she's a lady. Yeah, that's the perfect time to do it. I love it. Co-main event, Neil Magny versus Daniel Rodriguez. Uh, Neil Magny, uh, man, very open, I thought, today, man, about uh, kind of the struggles of, of balancing life as a fighter. As Oscar well knows, it's difficult to <laughs> so <come back>. tricky, <laughs> dude. <laughs> but no, I, I, thought, I thought Neil was, you know, talking about his last fight, you know, realizing – you know, I'm like, hey, at this point in your career, 10 years in the UFC, are there still lessons to be had? And he's like, yeah, you know, the lesson is, you know, the last fight. And he was incredibly honest. He was talking about childbirth, about businesses that, that yeah. were being run. And he's like, man, you realize you can't, you know, you can't allow all that stuff to, to distract you or whatever to keep you from being incredibly present, you know, in the fight week, in the training sessions and all those things. So um, I thought it was pretty cool that he kind of peeled back the curtain a little bit on, on you know, what a struggle that can be. And then uh, meanwhile, you got D-Rod who, uh, I, I mean, it's this dude just wants to fight every week, man. This dude yeah. wa- wants to fight every week. I mean, we're, we're barely removed from USC 279. He was actually supposed to already fight yeah. a month ago, and, and now he's fighting here. And, uh, I mean, basically already, like, pre-calling out Kevin Holland in the <laughs> meantime. Uh, intriguing fight. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that he's pre-calling out Kevin Holland because I think Magny's – you know, a rough fight yeah. for anyone. Uh, and I think I like Daniel Rodriguez, but I'd say stylistically, Magny's style is pretty shit for him to deal with. So I love I, – but I, I also enjoy the tenacity in it. There's no guarantee Kevin beats Wonderboy. So they both come up short. You could put that fight together. But I just enjoy someone who – I enjoy seeing a scrapper, you know. There was a moment today where he was sort of laughing and joking and then clearly suddenly got irritated just thinking about Kevin. That I kind of found it funny. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think of of, of the, the the fights on this card, that one would probably be the one that stands out to me the most. I, I agree. It should be a fun one. I agree. Heavyweights in the feature there, Chase Sherman and Josh Parisian. And uh, Chase Sherman, obviously, in a lot of different spirits, man. Coming Final. in with swagger today. Right? Yeah. Fuck, what Coming a win does swagger. for you, huh? Yeah. He normally comes in looking like he just came straight from the gym and like his gym clothes. But like today, his outfit was on point. He was all dressed black, nice boots, had the nice glasses on. You can see as he was walking the building, I don't know if you saw it, the the to walk into the apex the mirrors are kind of the the windows are kind of mirrored on right. the outside for a good 30 yards walking in he's just checking his outfit out he was like he was feeling himself he was looking good bro he came in looking sharp man he and that that's a big difference you know i mean especially in this game we always say fighters need to come in believing in themselves and they need to have that kind of swagger to to go out there and do what they need to do they have to fully believe in themselves and they have to be at ease and chase look probably at at most the most at ease that we've seen them in felt like years yep and it was it was interesting and, and and i've heard a lot of fighters say this and it is still true about you know listen you can't let your whole life get caught up in the results of these fights man some of it's out of your control yeah. but but for him he had been on that slide you know he'd been yeah. battling and to finally get that win even though he said look i can't let it affect everything you can tell that that really oh, yeah he was like he even him. said i think he, he felt like he was on borrowed time yep. yeah i mean with that many losses anybody else most people would already been gone yeah you know so there was well, something he, about he's been him. gone and been back right? yeah he's already, yeah, he's already right. been gone that's true so yeah, I mean, I think he probably came in just you know never know what to expect, but then to, to come on the the good foot now and now he, he seems like 
he's completely reinvigorated, at least more so than what we've seen him in past. On the flip side of that, uh, an unexpected highlight of the day today, I thought, was Josh Parisian. He was out there yeah. I, entertaining yeah. the heck out of me. Uh, he was he was in good spirits. At first, he came in and like apologized, I guess, because he was like, I didn't know I was going to be doing interviews, so this is, you know, this is going to be a little rough or whatever. But then yeah. he just settled right in. Thought he had, you know. Great, great stuff about the fact that, you know, his last fight was the last fight on his deal, and so he just felt free, and that allowed him to fight free. And then he, you know, got a win, re-upped as well. But then it was just kind of funny where he talked about the fact that, you know, I – I hate working out. Yeah, like, <laughs> and so you decided to be a now that I can relate. Yeah. To. I, I can relate. I can relate. He, That's why you're a heavyweight. Yeah, he's like these guys are all cheating. They're out there working out all yeah. the time, man. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, he was very, very funny. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like he's been funny before, but maybe it was just that easy. He was nice. He was extra funny today for some reason. It was it was it was fun listening to him. Flyweights to gear Ullenbeckoff versus Nate Manis. Uh, Nate moving down to 125, which is. Uh, he, he was he was looking thin. He was looking thin already. He seemed to be he seemed to be in good spirits. I mean, anytime somebody moves down division, right? I automatically put like a question mark around him because you just don't know how they're gonna perform. And uh, you know, again, I mean, he was he was three and one at the UFC when he decided to change weight classes. But he he said he spoke to the PI and. Um, you know they, they they do all those they do all those body scans and they tell like where that what frame you can be in. Um, I, I just I, it's a tough matchup anyway. Tagir's yeah. a tough matchup, but you, you just uh, to me you always got to put a question mark on somebody when they're going down to a new weight class. I think as well, and I don't have any data to back this up, but it seems to be when you go from bantamweight to flyweight, like guys seem to re it's like that. Yeah, you know, they're really stretched out to right. get down to one. It's like a, it's like a higher percentage of your body at that yeah, point, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, so that always seems to be rough for guys. We'll see how that one plays out. Yeah, Ooh. after I I had actually picked Nate in my initial staff picks, but at, today I kind of felt like I was waiting. Oh, well, he's as good as Nate. Switch. Definitely. Yeah, you're the pick guy. I know. I kind of want to switch it. How commanding is your lead right now? Seven. Seven picks. Yeah. But the I just want to get. I just want to get through the end of the year. Hey, and look, and, and look. The, the, I mean, the last show that you guys will probably pick is December seventeenth because you probably won't pick like. Well, maybe that's you the pick, la- yeah, because that's the last. That's the would last. Would you pick Bellator Rising on New Year's Eve? Probably. Oh, that's a good point. So maybe, so I maybe about bit. that. But yeah, I think the last UFC is December seventeenth. So I mean, you're yeah. really only like six weeks away. And if you're, let's do this. If you've got, oh, if you've yeah, got a seven pick yeah, lead, you, you can mess up every week. I get, yeah, just one. But I, I, it'd be nice to get to the very end and just be like, I'm not even going to pick this one, guys. I'm just going to take oh. the five losses. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just that, to oh their, that would be cocky. But I think a lot of I think turning in a ballot. I think Abby was one right behind me. He's Close, and I think he picked Nate as well. So part of me is like, okay, I can play the game and then try to stick with it. But there, I don't know. There was just something like, where are you leaning initially on that fight? What to gear and Nate? Yeah, to gear. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why I picked him initially. I think it's maybe just because I reckon had more he recognition. Was, yeah, like my teammate just beat him. We're just gonna do yeah. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not read to last name before you picked? Well, no. But, but I hate it when <laughs> I just Ulan lean Beckoff. that way. It, it has a Russian flag. <laughs> it's like the same thing where you, you sometimes you, you're like, oh, that's Andrew Magomedov, and you're like, oh, well, that's a distant cousin. You're like, should I still pick him or whatever? How many, t- how many times has that not worked? How many times has the <laughs> I'm sure there's Magomedov some can- where it hasn't. Yeah. But I think one of the ones when I looked, and I think where I was the question because I looked in his last record, he lost to Tim Elliott, and I was like, highly contested decision. Yeah. All right. You remember. Isn't it isn't it Aaron Bronstetter that always puts out like the stat of like uh, Megoffs are like eighteen and one in the USC or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, he's technically a Beckoff, so I guess he wouldn't qualify under that. Yeah. But, but no, nah. 
All right, well, I might have to switch that one. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. All right, listen. Uh, it was an easy, well, easier pick on this next one. A bit, a bit of unexpected fireworks to start our day today, yeah. and I just, oh, I kind of yeah. want to share this because this, uh, you know, I would say Josh Parisian was maybe one of my favorite scrums today. In fact, Josh Parisian probably was my favorite one, but this one was highly unexpected, yeah. and, and I enjoyed it. Soak in a little bit of Mark O. Madsen. Mark, I said you had to kind of uh, embrace the grind in that last one, a you know, hard-fought victory for you. I guess what did you what did you take out of that performance? Last fight, uh, it was a win. I love winning. I love growing, and that was a fight that really pushed me to to grow. So, great fight. Very nice. And I guess uh, in the time since, uh, family getting adjusted to being here now, right? Everybody's here in uh, Arizona. I guess what is 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 that uh, taking up most of your time, you know, getting the family adjusted, or what's, what's life like for you? Life is good. I mean, we are living the American dream. We're living the ultimate fighting championship dream. Uh, I moved over with my family, wife, two kids. We are living down in Scottsdale, Phoenix. I'm surrounded with some of the best coaches in the game um, at Fight Ready. Have guys like Henry Zahudo to help in... Uh, guide me in in this process so it's i mean it's great it's always a challenge moving from one country to another um you know the things that you probably take for granted like credit score uh, having a bank account uh, insurance healthcare insurance i mean so many things that uh, i had to to dive into but we're settled and uh, i mean it's great. I mean, it's cloudy today in, in Vegas, but it's usually always sunny in Paradise Valley down in, uh, <laughs> in Arizona, which is kind of a shift from the weather I'm used to in Denmark. A little chilly up there. Uh, well, obviously, you were supposed to fight Drakkar Close here. Uh, you know, he'd been calling you out pretty steadily. I guess, were, were you excited for that matchup? Were you excited to maybe, you know, get in there and, and have that fight before it fell apart? I'm still excited to fight Drakkar Close. Uh, I can't wait to get in there and punch my right hand through his face. Um, he called me out early. Um, he's been going at it on social media. Even told me to meet meet him at Mayo Clinic. Um, I actually went there. Uh, he was supposed to have a surgery. Uh, I asked at the front desk. Nobody heard about Drakkar. Nobody seen him. He wasn't on any manifest on any list. So I don't know what's going on with Drakkar. I know he pulled out, but uh, let me send the message out right here. I'm ready to fight Drakkar close anytime. And if uh, it's a case of him not being injured as severely as some people say, I mean, I'm ready to go tomorrow. You were going to fight this man at a hospital? <laughs> I was going to fight Drakkar close anywhere he wanted to, even at a hospital. Well, instead, you get Grant Dawson instead, I guess, um, you know, a short, you know, change. Let me, let me go over the, the game plan. Kick the crutches, punch him in the face. I mean, I don't know if Mayo Clinic is paying for that, but uh, it's, I mean, anywhere you wanted it. I feel like we should just keep talking about this. But we'll talk about Grant Dawson, I guess. What do you think about him as opponent? Have you had much of a chance to really break him down? Uh, you know, obviously a short-notice fight here. Short notice fight, I mean, so far, <clears throat> great matchup. I mean, undefeated, 
versus undefeated in the UFC. Uh, there's always a, a nice ring to that. Uh, Grandis, um, he's been dominating with his wrestling, with his grappling. You know, he has some amazing skills in the areas where I also have amazing skills. So I'm, I'm excited. It's a, it's a great matchup. And um, this is really a fight that will put me towards the top 15 the big fights and, and going in there, putting a clinic on, on Grand Dawson, getting a dominant win and, and really putting him away is, is going to put me on the map. So what if the USC comes to you and they say, look, we can give you a top 10 guy or we can give you Drakkar Close. What, what do you do? Listen, I can beat Drakkar Close on a Friday and then fight Saturday. So I'll probably get around that. Um, I don't know how long Drakkar is going to get be out, but uh, as I told you guys, I'll fight him anywhere he wants it. Last thing for me, knowing this should kind of catapult you into the rankings or at least a ranked opponent, um, is a decision enough here? Is just a win enough here? Do you feel like you got to do something to really make a statement, or is it just get the victory and move forward? I'm going to go out there and, and put a clinic on Grand Dawson. I mean, he was very eager getting this fight as I've heard, so, and I also did my research. I know he was a part of Mateos Gamrod's fight camp. I know he's been putting in the work. I know he feels ready, but uh, I mean, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna drag him to a place he hasn't been before. And I am gonna finish Grand Dawson this Saturday. Hey Mark, um, this is your second fight this year. How does it feel to be active again? Um, this is the uh, first time you fought twice in the UFC um, in your UFC career. So how does that feel? Feels amazing <laughs> having two fights uh, in one year. On the one hand, on the other hand, I've been ready since May. Honestly, I've been ready since May. I've been calling guys out. I've been telling my manager I'm ready and. Um, I'm ready to go. Um, you know, if it feels like your name isn't being talked about a, a bunch, you know, you being an Olympian, undefeated, is it just because you feel like you, you know, you, you haven't been active, so, you, so your name's just not out there enough? Honestly, I don't care if people talk about my name or not. Uh, I do think it has something to do with the, the Danish culture, which is based on being very polite being very humble, which is not a thing that uh, <laughs> is gaining attraction in the UFC. So um, I moved over. I have great guys around me. I actually went up to Portland and visited Chael Sonnen. I sat down with Chael Sonnen and Henry Cejudo, small round table, had a great talk uh, you know, with, with two amazing people in this board and uh, gained some insights. So let's see. So are, are, we, are we expecting you to be a, a trash talker from, from now on, or, or is the Danish culture just will not let you do that? If I do too much trash talking, I'll probably be hanged on the square when I get back home to Denmark. So no, I, I think, I think the, the lesson I took with me from, from the visit in Portland was actually turn up your own personality. So. I do come from a, a great nation of Vikings. Um, I don't know if we need to bring that into play, uh, the whole Valhalla and uh, 
well, what are they called, Loki and, and stuff, but uh, the Danes can have fun too. Thank you. When you're sitting around a table with Chael Sonnen and Henry Cejudo, just how few words do you get to say throughout that dinner? Very few, I thought so. And um, I think that's the whole point. <laughs> Learning, listening, um, and I have to be honest, sitting there listening to, to Chael Sonnen with my English, I, I think it's pretty good, but, but still the pace and all the things coming out that I was supposed to, to take notes of, it was just an incredible pace. And uh, I truly believe him when, when he says, uh, I have a different skill set, because Chael Sonnen is amazing when it comes to explaining himself. Undefeated and undisputed. Undefeated, undisputed, and one of the greatest to ever do it. Just one for me. You, you gave your, your opponent credit. You said he was a decent wrestler. You said he had good wrestling. But for somebody on the outside, you know, if they were looking at this fight and they say, okay, this, these are two guys, both of them are good at wrestling, explain the difference of your level of wrestling and your opponent's level of wrestling. I'm going to show the difference on Saturday. I'm going to show the difference in wrestling. Um, I'm also going to show the difference in grappling. Keep in mind, I'm a white belt. Grant Dawson is a brown belt. Imagine coming into a gym, you're wearing your gi, your black belt, and then you have an Olympic wrestler opposed to you, he's a white belt. I mean, you're probably not going to feel like a black belt when you go in there. So I'm going to show the difference on Saturday. Olympian, uh, bringing the uh, Chael Sonnen and Henry Cejudo inspired yes. fire. It's funny, uh, Hot T and I were, 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 were you know, texting during this. We're like, it has to be like some of that Cejudo influence on yeah. Fight Ready. And then like yeah. literally as we're texting that, that's when he reveals like, yeah, sat down with Cejudo, sat down with Chael. Uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine leaving that house? Just afterwards, you'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> I feel like beaten up with verbal words, yeah. But, hey, hey I, I like it. You know, I mean, uh, and, and, you know, I think Mark is right. You know, he's kind of always been this, you know, polished up, nice guy, you know, and, and, and he's struggled to get traction despite being undefeated, despite being an Olympian. And I think, you know, uh, play into this feud a little bit with Jakar Close. Yeah, and I think, look, Mark Madsen's one of those guys where you look at his skill set, criminally underrated in that division, could be a real issue, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and we've seen these guys before where their skills are so good, but for whatever reason, they haven't sort of lit the crowd's attention. This could be that, you know, just that little thing. And, and also, you know, something that's really good for, uh, sound like a wank here, but building your brand, building your name, is a rivalry. It's a feud. Like, people just love it. That's I true. like it. You know, I... I don't necessarily know if I'd threaten to go beat someone up at a hospital, <laughs> but y you know, it's I enjoy it. It's that Nick Diaz sort of thing. Um, do you think he really did that, or was uh, that, or do, is that a see? Is that is that a Chael Sonnen S story? Is that a, is that a, where it's a, like, a bus? Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude. Honestly, I don't know if he's got that sort of. I want to say imagination, but right. like that ability to make up something quite so crazy. I, I, I can imagine. I does he strike? I can imagine being a receptionist and this angry bald man being like, "Senator Carl Close, please, <laughs> if, uh, I'm a friend of the family. What are you here for? I'm going to kick him off his crutches yeah. and beat him to death." Uh, no, way, sir, we don't know where he is. I was yeah. gonna say the way they kept talking about, like, "Oh, they could find no record." Where I was like, 
that's some shady ass shit if they're actually trying to look into records for you. <laughs> like, come on. But whatever. Too funny. I'm, well, I, I like to see I'm it. Like, I I'm didn't dating. appreciate that at all. No, I. That's not nice of them to do. <laughs> <laughs> they have hippo But I'm a Dane. Oh, yeah. I'm a Dane. Yeah, they allow, they allow this back home. All right, so before we play, you said uh, this was an easy pick for you? I went Madsen pretty easily on this Did one. Did you? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think Dawson in terms of like being maybe a better, well-rounded striker and things like that, but I just think Madsen, I think his, his wrestling, I think it's just going to just overpower him. He's an absolute grinder it's as well. It's just crazy. I mean – Look at that. Now, see, that's what I, Dawson's actually a minus 215 favorite. Is he? Well, get you some of that sweet, get sweet, smart Get underdog. you some of that underdog. For real? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty that big. surprises me as well. I mean, Dawson does have an impressive record as well, but. Um, I feel like Mark, Mark Mads. Okay. I, I know. I'm, that's I'm just a little surprised. Wait, that was a first, I, I had not seen the odds at all. I just pulled them up as you were talking because I was like, I figured this was maybe around a pick em, Maybe I'm surprised to see it like that. I mean, I think it's probably a difference if somebody's maybe looking to see how they're finishing fights. Maybe they see one guy's the the striking, and but for them to just say that somebody that's an Olympic level wrestler just to just say, oh, he's just a wrestler, doesn't have other stuff. I mean, that's just that's crazy. That's a big that's a big uh, that's a big switch. By the way, that's in scrolling the rest of the lines, uh, the biggest favorite on the card, Miranda Maverick, minus six ten. Uh, Jelton Almeida was also around a minus a 700 before wow. his fight with Maxim Grishin uh, was scrapped and he was moved, of course, to Brazil. So, uh, all right, listen, uh, look, I, look, you know, it, it's there's, there should be some fun fights. You look, you got some names on the, on the prelims. Jake Hadley's in there. Ludwig Shalinian's back against uh, Johnny Munoz. Paulina Viana's on there against Jin Frey. Benito Lopez is back. So, you know, there'll be some there'll be some fights. Uh, <laughs> There'll be some fights. It's a Saturday. It's our favorite sport. It's what we like yeah, to do. But of course, of course, we're all looking to next week, right? UFC 281. Now I've got a pretty crazy week next week. Uh, if we're being honest, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm incredibly looking forward to it, but also a little bit nervous about it as well because I'm going to. Uh, I'm not actually going to be in New York until fight day, so I'm going to fly uh, to Tampa, Florida, on Wednesday. Uh, we've got a CFFC event on uh, Thursday night there at the Hard Rock. And then on, on Friday morning, we're going to fly to uh, North Carolina, Fort Bragg, because we've got Battle at Bragg, the first collegiate wrestling event ever to be on UFC Fight Pass. So I'm excited to do that, a little bit of history, and maybe the start of something new. I mean, obviously, we know how much the the influence of, of wrestling has in mixed martial arts. And I think the folks at Fight Pass are starting to take a look at that and saying, you know, we could, you know, we, we could kind of help maybe bring some athletes over. And so I'm excited to see that. And then on Saturday morning, I'm going to fly to uh, to New York and go straight to the arena. I, I don't know if I've made a huge, horrible mistake <laughs> here. <I'm> <laughs> and then you're you're just staying up and then just going straight to the airport afterwards, right? Yeah, I think so. So my flight out is at 5.35 a.m. So I think uh, basically, yeah, just go straight to the airport, no sleep, and it's going to be going to be wet. But – Anyway, that's just me. Gonna it's going to be wrecked by the I'm end of that. Be, I, I started, it's funny. I started thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, like 28-year-old me would have no problem with this. You know, I used to do stuff like that. What's I'm funny because like, I've seen you on the road like this. That just means you're going to go extremely hard after the event to stay up to go to the airport, which means by the time you get to honestly, the airport. the airport, my flight leaves at 530. Like, by the time, we don't even usually leave yeah. Madison Square. Yeah. Go straight there. I'll just go straight there. Like, cause yeah. Madison, 
Madison Square Garden. Double fisted in the car the whole three, way. It's usually out by three. We leave around three, right? Yeah. So I'll yeah. just go straight. I'll be straight Spot to LaGuardia. That I'm sleeping. My flight's not till three. Who's who, I don't know, dude. Like you might have a few like this. It could be a late night. Yeah. Like if you think about the car, like yeah, there's a, there's a way there's a world where both Poya and Michael come back. Like I can see a world where that happens. If uh, maybe not, they probably don't do that anymore. Actually, we tell them not to. But <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm not going to be there on fight week, I want to get your guys' take because I, I know that you'll have plenty of time. But I'm sure you're already thinking about USC 281. It's wild because as 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 you know, highly excited as everybody was for USC 280, it seemed like the question mark always was like, which fight are you more excited for? Is it you know, is it Islam Charles or is it Adesanya yeah. versus Pajeda? And to be honest with you, when people would ask that question and talk about it, um, I had to give pause because as excited as I was for Islam and Charles Oliveira, I think I've got to be equally as excited for Israel Adesanya and Alex Pajeda. I'm so glad this fight is happening. I, I You know, there, you could make an argument that, oh, Alex Pajeda doesn't deserve to be in a title fight yet. He hasn't done enough in the division. And if you make that argument, I say – to hell with you! What are you? What are you doing? This this is the history, the story, the the everything. So so where do you guys stand? Are you guys? Uh, I mean, is and again, this this whole card is good, right? I mean, this yeah, is this is loaded. Card. We got Frankie Edgar's retirement fight, as you said. Poirier Chandler is going to be phenomenal. I mean, there's there's great fights up and down it, but in terms of a main event, stoked. So the the Madison Square Garden thing for me has is an interesting one, right? Because they have fights there all the time. Sometimes there are fights that they do at Madison Square Garden that I feel capture the Madison Square Garden magic. You know, respect to both men, but Derek Lewis versus Daniel Cormier, I don't think like, wow, that was at MSG. This fight, I do think like, damn, this is like Israel Adesanya, like he wants to be the new Muhammad Ali against his, you know, potential long-term rivalry. This is an MSG sort of fight. And I think they're going to lean into that in the promotion. This is a great, like you mentioned, oh, it's awesome this fight's happening. If this was boxing, we'd have to wait six, eight years for this fight. You right. know, this is the sort of fight that the UFC and MMA can put together real quick. I don't think there's anyone more deserving than right now. Maybe Whitaker, but hey, Whitaker came up short twice, you know. I actually think after, it, it should Adesanya beat him, you know, you're really looking at maybe Paulo Costa if he was to beat Rob. But other than that, this division, he's pretty much lapped at that point, like he said he was going to do um, Inspired by Kamari. I love this fight, and I think... You know, sometimes their MSG cards, they really try and build up, and sometimes they don't really land for me. This one, it's great. Oh, I completely agree, man. I cannot wait to experience that atmosphere. And Madison Square Garden, I will say, it is a fun atmosphere, man. It's a big building, and it's yeah. it's usually a rowdy crowd, man. It's like, yeah. they really do. Oh, do you remember when we did the presser, and they were like all in front of you, and you, you started cracking yeah. up, dude, because they are like, <laughs> screaming. Yeah! So great. Cold Coffee, do you give uh, Alex Pajeda, uh, you know, a real legitimate shot of winning this? Or do I you do. feel like this is, you know... Uh, I do, I do. I and, do. The, and the main thing is this, because, I mean, even though it is an MMA fight, between these two, it's going to be a striking fight. It's going to turn into a kickboxing fight. And I think when it comes to power, I think he has a very real chance to catch Adesanya. I think Adesanya needs to make it an MMA fight and use that smartness that he's that he's gained in his experience to, to, to stay on top. I don't know where I lean right now. I know, I don't either. You know, if, uh, if you put a gun in my head right now, I, I'd, I'd probably lean, lean towards Alex. If wow. it if it stays a kickboxing fight, I'm gonna lean towards Alex's power. He just has to catch him. But you know, is he smart enough to keep it an MMA fight? And I think that would get him the win. But I don't know. He might he might want to 
make a show of it and knock out Alex. And he, and by doing that, he's going to try to keep it in, make it a kickboxing fight. And I think that's the wrong thing to do. That's with the him. thing with Izzy though. You could for Israel Adesanya because he he thinks about optics, right? He thinks about what how a fight goes, how it Absolutely. tells his story. I could you could easily sit there and be like Israel Adesanya is going to want revenge for that knockout, and he's right. going to stand there and knock him out. I could easily see Israel Adesanya thinking, welcome to MMA, and take him down and try and submit exactly. it and try and prove a point. Like, okay, look, we came to the sport where you can do everything, and that's where I be. I would recommend yep. that. Yeah, that I, mean, I would completely <laughs> recommend that. But, but, but then you go even more into Izzy. Everyone says that's what he should do, so that means he won't do that. You know, like He's a real guy who thinks about that sort of stuff. You know, um, So that that's cu- that's curious to me, how he decides to, to play it. I think um, I'm one of the people that buy into the idea that Israel's fights, last few fights being a bit lackluster is not his fault. I believe that opponents get in there and sort of freeze. I, I agree. Think no, one could, no one really makes Jared Cannon do that. I Israel agree. Adesanya did because he froze. And I think same for Romero. Okay, admittedly Romero does fight like that a lot now, but I think Izzy gets a bad rap. I, I'm curious because they've been in there two times, that won't happen to Alex because he's already seen it. So he knows what he's to expect. You know, I, I don't imagine him freezing, but then I also didn't imagine Jared freezing. I didn't either. But I think it's just – I'm in the same camp as you. We've talked about it before. It's like, hey, you notice how something always happens? Yes. The opponent always doesn't yeah. show up or that yeah. – See something, you know, yeah. consistency there. I would say, you know, Adesanya, of course, man, he's going to spend all fight week saying that the first fight doesn't matter. Yeah. He's going to, you know, make sure that you saw the fight. And <laughs> yes, he will, yes. He will make sure you saw that. But it does matter, right? You, you can't say the first fights don't matter. I, I don't know, man, because I would usually say – like. That it's so often said that you can't get that image out of your head if right. you're the guy who lost. But Israel seems to be uniquely one of the fighters who just doesn't hold on to losses. Yeah, you know, like I feel like he lost to Yan and was over it by the time he got back to the room. Right. He just seems to be so content with with that, you know? It's usually when the opponent throws it back in your face and I just don't see Alex making a big deal to bring it up and say, oh, yeah, well, you I owned you before. Well, maybe if he speak better English, you know, maybe we'd hear it. <laughs> we sound awful. They're like, if you don't speak English, we don't listen to you. Yeah. I mean, like, because even if he says it, the translator is going to make it not be as good as he well, probably says we've got anyways. Fabiano these days, bro. Yeah, maybe. Me. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think we're going to get the heat. I mean, because he hasn't – I haven't really – I can't so remember him, like, really saying – What's that? You're going so excited for these midterms, Nevada turning red. Yeah, you're all about it. <laughs> anti <laughs> no. anti I'm just saying, like I haven't, I haven't heard him say to this point. I haven't heard him shit talk about it already up to this point. So why is it going to change? I, I'll fight say week? this: he sh- uh, he only seems to shit talk in Brazilian interviews, and right. when we have him, he doesn't shit talk. Right. But he shit talks a lot. He actually does shit talk a lot. But he seems to, when he speaks to the American media, to not to actually play the opposite way. It's interesting. Yep. He could have given us a lot better headlines if he if he would. I wonder but. if that's a conscious decision or it's just again a. a product of the translation and the delay or even maybe look when you're sitting up there in front of us it's not a particularly comfortable thing you're just thinking how what's the most blase way i can get through this you know and without giving myself loads of yeah for such an intense duty does seem kind of like just attached in interviews because then you see him training you're fighting you're like this guy's scary yeah well because i i just remember when he came in his first fight was at msg right yeah so that's interesting his big breakout moment is he's uh but I remember th- excited to listen to him at media day because I'd seen so many times throughout the years where he'd like insulted Izzy, how he's going to come in and take us and all that sort of stuff. And then he didn't. I remember his media day at a, ahead of that fight being pretty nothing. Hmm. That well, was the same media day that Col- Colby turned on you. Was it really? Oh, yeah. Jeez. wonder why I don't remember that part of the media day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Well, I'll be watching everything from afar. I know you two guys will both be in Madison Square Garden. You'll be in New York all week. So uh, let you guys handle the coverage, and I'll join you boys on Saturday, and we'll watch some fights and uh, talk about it afterwards. So uh, listen, should say if you like what you listen to, especially when Hot T is here, how could you not like what you listen to? It's great to have him back in the building. Taking uh, time away from his fight camp for yeah, us. Yeah, breaking away from fight camp. I mean, you know – Take take the time to log in, uh, rate us, review us, leave us some feedback, leave us uh, five stars if you can. That'd be great. Any kind of comments that, that you like. Uh, and if you want to take your game to the next level, of course, patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, where for as little as $3 a month, you can help support the show, help support my man Cold Coffee and me. And, of course, you get the exclusive access to the and-a-half episode. So UFC Fight Night 214. You know, enjoy your Saturday afternoon, but we know, we know, we're all getting set up for UFC 281 next week. So, I mean, it's the truth, right? Let's just just be honest. But it's a number one contender fight. But you know, you know, enjoy your Saturday. Get ready for UFC 281. (laughs) Thanks for listening.